0: I'm Jessie DeLo, your host of Madly Forever, a podcast in collaboration with The Fullest. Each episode, I'll help people move past their vision boards to create a life and relationship that they truly love. I, sometimes along with the help of my husband, Brian, will interview a variety of experts, psychologists, couples, and business partners to discover the science and secrets to successful compatibility. By pairing my expertise for manifestation with my background in therapeutic healing, I have manifested the life of my dreams. With this podcast, I aim to help others find their optimal alignment as well. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Madly Forever. I am super, super excited to have my dear friend Danica and her boyfriend Billy on the podcast today, they are a really, really incredible couple and really open and honest about their journey, which is always inspiring. Um, I'm first going to let them intro themselves to tell you a bit more about what they do, and then we'll get into um, the dynamics of their relationship, including addiction and working together, collaborating, um, and just the what they're navigating
1: through right now. Beautiful. Thank you for having us. Thank you um, so here. Billy and I each have our own, like independent things we have going on and then we do some things together. So I guess let's, let's go independent and then we can talk at, after about what we're, what we do together. But, um, I am Danica Breisha. I, um, own a meal delivery business. That's all uh whole 30 paleo, like really sustainably sourced mindful ingredients. So ready to eat meals. Uh, so I've had that since 2015, and been gro- or 2014, and been growing that for quite some time, um, and then I am a plus size model, curve model, body positive model, whatever you want to label as, it shouldn't really have a label, but that's kind of the culture we live in. Um, So doing that for about nine years, um, modeling for Target and Old Navy and some of those sorts of brands. Um, And I uh, work with women around wellness, self-care, manifesting, um, morning routines, that sort of stuff. So just my mission is really to help people live their fullest possible life. And so I do that through a variety of different modalities and platforms, I guess.
2: Oh, and I'm up. So uh, <laughs> my name is Bill Haley. I am the owner of a company called Culinary Recovery. Uh, I've been a chef for like 14 years and um, also in recovery. Uh, and going through that process, I realized they taught you a lot of things, how to make your bed, brush your teeth, uh, vulnerability, be integrity, all the basic stuffs of living. But one thing they never taught me was the power of food, which mm. I learned through Danica wow. um, and the importance of what you put in your body. You know, everything matters. You can't put your recovery in a microwave and expect to be healthy. And that's one thing that they don't really talk about or put emphasis on. And um, for me, that was the turning point uh, of getting some real recovery is when I changed what I put in my body, what I consumed in general, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally. Uh, and so our goal is to to change the way people in recovery eat, move and know how to cook, give them some skills uh, and address that. that part. So it's wow. been very important to me.
0: It's so powerful. Yeah. It's the idea of like what you're taking in. Oh, in every way. In every every way. What you
2: consume, like, yeah. I think mentally is a big thing, too. On Instagram, you're always getting, feeding yourself stuff that isn't positive or good for you, you know. Yeah. And you don't realize it. The effects come later.
0: 100%. It's becoming part of you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And then, so what are you guys working on together?
1: So we got back about six months ago we got back from a tour we did a u.s tour we did 66 events and we lived in an rv for 10 Ooh. months with our 200 pound dog wow. um, yeah. and we toured around the united states and did a women's wellness series so it was called the brunch series it was an event for women they were hosted at individual people's homes so people submitted their wow. homes if they wanted us to hold an event there and it was up to 50 people and it was a really cool opportunity for them And you to- got 66 of these we yes. did 66. We had 160 people submit their homes, what? To yeah. host, which is it so was insane. Like that the power of community with through social media. You know, social I media know. can be so great in so many ways, or you can it can be negative. It's sort of your choice of how you want to uh, curate it, yeah. I guess. But it's a um, testament
0: to what you're pulling in and what you're attracting.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's just to to get to meet in person with the community in that way. I don't think it's something that many of us get to do to really like face-to-face see the people that we're interacting with online all the time so it was really beautiful so billy handled all of the food for that obviously on top of setup and breakdown yeah. and driving the rv and like all the different crazy so stuff you would that just show sit.
0: up to a different city and you would have to like shop and we'd go to yeah, oh, yeah. Costco. Shop, we'd prep, set up a
1: 26 foot tent we'd have 60 chairs and tables i mean I it was a lot tent. of work it's a lot of Let manual labor, wow. but yeah. it was an event series for women and it just helped them learn about, uh, self-worth, self-care, healthy habits. Um, I, you know, we did things like I taught them how to write a biography from their future or like start manifesting, yeah. which I know is a big thing yeah. for you. Just teaching that. people how to manifest, how to visualize, how to change their mindset, how to make tiny changes without feeling overwhelmed. Um, and that it can have a lasting impact because you I know think- my
2: favorite part of that was what um, in the beginning, uh, what she decided to do to make everybody feel comfortable is everyone wrote, uh, a really deep secret on a piece oh. of paper, no name, just some secret. I cheated on my husband. I can't stop eating. Uh, I hurt myself, oh, whatever it is, whatever you're holding on to that you do and, and, and you write it down, you throw it in a bowl, uh, and then you pass the bowl around. Everyone uh. takes a secret, closes their eyes. And one person at a time reads somebody else's secret. Wow. And for one, I think I've never. I mean, you, you don't see that. We don't get a space to just be vulnerable, and then like everyone, you could just feel the energy. Like, oh, okay, right. now I can. And every a lot of people had the same things, and you weren't alone, and you weren't unique, and it really opened up the space to to just be you. Who gives who nobody cares. Like we all got problems, yeah. and it's most likely <laughs> something like yours.
0: It's so true. It was beautiful.
2: It's, it, it, it's being a man watching all that. You know, yeah. feminine energy just be—it's awesome.
0: I'm sure. And oh, yeah. how nice to have that, like that, like conscious masculine energy there almost as like a healing factor
1: in it. Right. Well, I think Billy has taught me so much about vulnerability and connection because through his recovery and getting sober, that's such a big part of it. Especially the treatment center that he went through, which is really incredible. Which um, one is that? Uh,
2: Treehouse Men's Recovery. Uh, it was made by couple of Navy SEALs, uh, they went overseas, you know, and they, had, they came home, couldn't turn it off with addiction. And they found a, a program of not just I mean, physical empowerment, connection 100 uh, percent, you know, writing therapy, we you know, aggressively working out and, and, and just being on a team. And there's three teams of guys, 12, 12 guys to a team. Wow. Um, and it's, it's six months long and, it's, wow. and no phone, no computer. You just with the men and, and you guys get to work. Uh, and it's like something very
0: serious. It
2: is something I've been to a lot of treatment centers in my life. over the 10 years, I try to get sober and there's nothing like it out there.
0: How you did know? you find it?
2: Uh, well, there's a gentleman. His name is Vetchy. He uh, kind of runs the deal and I've known him for a very long time. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sober today. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the real deal. And they have they have one in Portland as well.
0: And so where's the one you went to?
2: Uh, it's in Costa Mesa. Oh, so
0: it's right where you live.
2: Yeah, right. right I grew up in, in Orange County. So it's like
0: how that's lucky married. that you had that Yeah. It's serendipitous
2: or maybe it's not, it's just, you know. Yeah.
0: I have worked in treatment centers for like about 10 years as well. Oh, I didn't right. know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I don't currently at the moment, but yeah, for like 10 years I was working in treatment centers, sober living houses. I didn't um, know that, was,
1: that was where you yeah, were. Yeah,
0: doing art therapy and yeah. yoga.
1: How cool. Oh, love so it. that's
0: like my background is in specifically sober living and and addiction uh, addiction <laughs> <laughs> <rediction laughs> recovery. Um and I I
1: love working
2: that's where there. it's
1: at. I love working there.
2: That's where it's at. When we
1: met, I think we were talking about this on the drive here. One his vulnerability was one of the like first things I noticed about him was like his willingness to just be honest and say, This is my situation, this is my truth kind of take it or leave it yeah. you know and and i think in a man i hadn't seen that before yeah. you know especially yeah. in like a six foot three manly looking man yeah. you Only know like you because
0: yeah. it's not yeah. emphasized
2: in our culture that's not what but you're supposed to be it's when everyone's outline it's of you so you got to be this you got to be that
0: and then it comes out eventually and it's like right. e- yeah. and then it's and then they like feel a, shame exactly yeah. Well,
2: they associate and, it with weakness and it's yes. not weak it's the strongest thing you could do it's yeah. just that's not how it's Absolutely.
0: told so what was like what made you feel the most, um, what actually made you feel the most vulnerable that you expressed to Danica in the beginning that made her fall so in love with you?
2: Oh, uh, you know, I think we sat down to coffee and um, we started talking and, and, I, and I realized something. I said, I can, I can show her the best of me, right? And that'll, that'll work, you know? And, but um, if I show her the real me, she might not stay. But I felt like she just deserved to make the choice for herself. I, I, I no longer wanted to control the outcome. And um, I kind of just let it go. And I shared with her a lot. Of, I was an IV heroin user for a long time, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, between like the – there's a lot of other things that went on as well. And, you know, just a sh- very shameful. And if you, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't want to stay. Uh, and she stayed. It's powerful, you yeah. know. She, she didn't judge me for my past. You know, I'm a right. two-time felon. You know, I I made some mistakes, yeah. Um, but I'm not making those mistakes now. And most people don't give me a chance because, you know, the pe- for most people, your past defines you, you know, and uh, she saw past that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was grateful for that because I didn't feel judged. You know, I didn't feel like I had to be something I wasn't because yeah. I spent most of my life doing that. Yeah. So I think it's super important. And, you know, I-
0: do you think it's something about Danica that made you feel safe to be to 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 be that vulnerable or you think you just learned that through your process at
2: no honestly she carried herself in a manner that i I felt she deserved um the choice Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. she she had this confidence and this just way about her that like she deserved better than a manipulated truth Uh
0: uh-huh you know she's just
2: that or well for also we talk about this too is You know, I'm a big believer of water seeks its own level. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I got sick people in my life because I was sick. And she was the first gauge in my life that made me feel like, oh, man, maybe I'm not as sick anymore.
0: Because you're Because she's healthy. She's
2: healthy and confident and and connected to herself. And she wanted me and we were connecting and it was, had some substance. And I go, oh, my God, something's changing in me. That's great. Because I never had a a marker for that until I realized the person I attracted was uh, extremely healthy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think if you're able to just be yourself, that's the key component. You could attract someone healthy and have to feel like you have to hide and feel like you can't actually, you know, be you. And that's that's not helpful either. Right. So to be able to be with someone and know that they're amazing and they're great and they'll still love you no matter what you (laughs) or if they don't, then it's not your
1: person. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's something that we've for me, at least. That's one of my favorite things. I feel completely myself with Billy. Like that he is the least judgmental. He's just nurturing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's just to be able to be exactly who you are to say, Hey, I'm having this thought. I know it's a little crazy, but Mm -hmm. I'm having it again. So can Mm -hmm. we talk about it Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is like allowing yourself to just be, to express and communicate. And I think communication has been, is like the most important thing. And he's such a great communicator. And, and so I think that's something that's been really powerful for us as we've navigated recovery, as we've navigated different challenges in our mm-hmm. relationship, because it has not been perfect or easy right. by any means, <laughs> but communication and making sure we each have a space to feel heard and not judge has been, I think what has kept us together and, and committing to let's work on this. Let's work on this until we feel like, okay, you know, this it's working or it's not working. Right. But but let's at least put in the works and not just give up because we want to just give up and it's hard. Yeah.
2: And plus by putting in the work, like I benefit more than just in our relationship. Right. Learning how to process real life and where to place emotions and what they mean and just connecting to yourself and deciding what the best option is for you. How do I best take care of me? Maybe it's with you. Maybe it's not. Right. But like you don't know how to do that until we do it and you go through it and it gives you a chance to, to be vulnerable with the people around you and say, hey, this is going on with me. I don't know what to do. Right. Getting some advice. Yeah.
0: And also just not being attached to an outcome. It sounds like you mm. both are very open, like, okay, I'm just going to be real and I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to be vulnerable and whatever happens, it's going to be the right thing because I'm not hiding from myself in this situation mm. Yeah, and not being attached to it, having to look or work a certain way. Yeah but
1: I try. I mean, I think, I think, I I think in some ways I'm a lot like that. And in mm -hmm. other ways, it's so hard to even understand where you're setting expectations for something, you know, so it's like such, it feels like we all have these built in expectations
0: from like being a kid and what we like programmed ourselves with thinking we're going to grow up to have or be right. Yeah. And so you try to then like create that, but it's ever changing. And you realize as you get an adult, like it doesn't have to look like how I thought it had to live.
2: Yeah. And and sometimes I think uh we're too smart for our own good. We overthink and overcomplicate a lot of things that are very simple. Yeah. You know, and just keeping things simple. And yeah. doesn't always have to be a this big drawn-out reason for why I feel this way. <laughs> I could just feel this way. Right. And maybe it doesn't just because I feel it doesn't make it reality. Yeah. But it makes it, we'll it my pass, truth. Maybe. And so let's yeah. process it. Yeah.
0: And maybe, yeah, once I voice it, maybe I'll feel differently.
2: Yeah. Usually yeah. I, I in the program the, you know, we do a lot of things that take what's going on in your head and you write it on paper getting out of your head mm-hmm. and then you speak it. And in that process, you usually I, I find out that I'm just crazy, you know, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but you know, when it's in my head, everything makes sense. Uh-huh. So I got to take it out and then show it, speak like it. Reality, reality
0: check it, Reality yeah. checking. And,
2: and tend, things tend to end up a little bit better when I do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it also just like, it gives you some space. Like it yeah. creates space in your head for like a new, a new wave of thought to come Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Cause you're like emptying out the trash into that right mm-hmm. so okay so you can you talk a little bit about your like road to recovery
2: and yeah absolutely then, yeah
0: and then like how that impacts the relationship and how it has currently impacted it and
2: oh god um so i, I i've been trying to get sober for a long time i think uh, growing up wasn't always the easiest for me in a lot of ways and i learned an amazing ability to disassociate, disconnect. And I, I associated the feeling of opiates with love, hmm. right? It was warm. It was consistent. It never, it never didn't work. It was there when I needed it. And, you know, I had the power to control it. And then a lot of things in my life, I didn't with a lot of that stuff. So uh, I, that made that connection at like 14, you know, yeah. so it's, that's, that's hardwired into me now you know, and then as it evolved through my life. And one of the things that I did, cause I could never really, I never knew who I was or how to be me. Uh, I, I became really good at mimicking life, mimicking people, actions. Uh, I'd see what works for you or how this person responds. And I, and I do it very well. And I created this hologram version of me that was so easily adapted to whoever I'm talking to at the time. And it, it's so seamless, like you know, a chameleon. And, and I lived that, uh, for so long. And I think uh, when I met Danica, I had spent like a year and a half of some serious work, serious work and with the therapist and and treatment and and really trying to change things. And I I scratched the surface deep enough to get some relief. And I was like, oh, you know, I could talk about a lot of things I couldn't talk about before. This was before
0: before the... um, Before we met. Before we met. But before the Navy SEAL...
2: No, no, this is during that time. Oh, okay. during yeah, yeah. So time. when okay. I refer to treatment, that's yes, that's, that, the, that, that's the time. Yeah. And, and I did a lot of good work and I learned a lot and I, I settled some stuff in my past. And, um, but because I just scratched the surface and got that little bit of relief, I didn't go any deeper and I thought I was good. I'd never had that type of relief before. And I'm oh, my God, this is great. I'm so excited for this. And then I kind of rested on my laurels. And when I met her, you know, I had just graduated the treatment center, about 11 months. I was managing a sober living house. And God, I look good on the outside and, and I look good probably about like 10% inside of me, but there was a lot more I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. There's a lot more I didn't know yeah. that was kind of dictating my narrative for myself. You know, I had a very negative self-talk. I believe I'm not worth it. You know, I, I believe that, uh, you know, I, I'm no good. Something's wrong with me. It's my fault. And, and But I'm really good at disassociating and dressing it up and pretending. I can look really well in front of everybody, you know? Which Uh, is
0: when you don't really get the help you need because everyone thinks you're fine. They don't think to check in or to ask. And I think that so many people, it's just good to note that, that so many people who look so great from the outside, who seem to have it all together. And, you know, sometimes you need to check in on those people too.
2: Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And so our relationship started really heavy, really quick. We were connected and we were going and we were, going parallel, you know, health and wellness, that whole side, she was, you know, I've always said this from the beginning, she was everything that I'm not. And I felt like I was everything that she isn't. So if we worked together, it was one unit. Uh And I had never had that kind of unit in my life. I'd never had someone I connected like that with. And it was beautiful. It was secure. It was safety, you know? um, But because I stopped working on myself and just rested on how far I got, I fell into a pattern of making her my higher power, right? Her security, her well-being, her safety was how I got mine. She was my validation. So everything I did.
0: Cause was, you could control it. You thought you could control it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I had, yeah, I could control it. Or and you I,
0: had some sort of cause and effect action like you could do something and she'd feel something and you'd see a result
2: oh yeah i i I got my gratification through her love you know and how i felt my opinions nothing mattered because she was my security she was my safety she had brought to my life things that i have never had financial Mm -hmm. stability um love connection um a a view of the bigger picture because i've always lived in the moment surviving so i've never really thrived in that sense and she thrives and she sees a big picture that I I just can't see sometimes, or most of the time, uh, and it worked. And it was just like, yes, we're go- I'll follow you anywhere, you know. And and I did. Uh, on but,
1: tour. Yeah, <laughs> went, on,
2: <laughs> went on tour. You know, it was insane. It was uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And but this is where, in my opinion, it started kind of going downhill. It, was, it started not downhill. I'm sorry, but affecting our relationship to a negative degree. Uh, so on tour. I separate myself from treatment. I don't I'm not go into meetings. I'm not working a program. I'm not keeping in touch with my sponsor or my, 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 my safety net guys. I just left. Right. And we're on a tour. That's healthy. Everything her and I are doing is healthy. It's good things. Um, but I, you know, those old feelings and those old situations and those defects of character that I haven't worked on starting to fester up again. And I don't know what to do, but I have no way to quiet the mind. I have nothing, no outlet. And, you know, after, at a certain point, I just want to numb, you know, and I can't tell her if I want to numb because she's how broken I am, then she's going to leave. So I got to, I got to, I got to act better. I got to put the, the, the show and dance on really well.
1: Did you pick up on anything, Danica? I think if, when I look oh, yeah, back now, like, you know, him, there were moments where I, we had a few moments where I caught him, like, with th- certain things, but it was always like one time when we, I thought it was like smoking pot and I was like, okay, like fine. One time smoke pot, like big deal, but like it's a slippery slope. So let's put that behind us, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. or there was something legal called Kratom, which was yeah. like a uh, natural. So now it's like, I can look back and be like, oh, maybe that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And I've also learned through Al-Anon, which is mm-hmm. supporting me as a partner of someone in, um, mm-hmm. recovery, it learns, I like can learn about what, what I want to, like, do I want to go back and ask questions about what really happened? Does mm-hmm. that serve me right mm-hmm. now? Does it serve him? Mm-hmm. So I'm learning, but if I look back, yes, there were plenty of times that my intuition mm-hmm. spoke up, but there's also plenty of times that my intuition has spoke up and and I've not been right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of the times in the addictions realm, it was, Um, because I, and I shouldn't say maybe it wasn't my addiction. It might've been my head just speaking louder than my intuition. You know, it's like, like what we were talking about earlier, this connection of head and heart and where, where are we living? But, um, but you know, you think when you're with someone who's using, you always assume that you will know. And I just didn't like, because the thing with Billy is no matter if he was using or not, he always shows up. Like he keeps his commitments. We put on the events. The food was out on time. But you were the using dog during had this time. You know, off, like off and on, yeah. he uh-huh. wasn't laying around in bed. Like, uh-huh. numb, well, he you know? he knew how to like whip it together. Right, he's like, you well, say. It's like yeah. a functioning at it. I mean, the it's thing?
2: A I, I show up for things that are important to me. Uh-huh. I'm a big believer in that. You can tell where someone and where someone's intentions are by their actions. Uh-huh. People can talk a big game, right. and I did, but like I showed up. Uh huh. You know, I was here. You know, I, I didn't.
0: And so, what were you using at the time?
2: Oh, heroin. I mean, during
0: I'm, this, during this, yeah, I'm a,
2: ha- I, I, I only do opiates. I don't drink alcohol. Uh-huh. I don't do cocaine. Uh-huh. I don't like, and it. you
0: could, and you couldn't even tell. No idea. Wow. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Too. yeah.
2: Be, because, it's you know, really
1: I, interesting.
2: I, yeah. <laughs> like I never used yeah. to not like be, I always want to be present here and I love life. I just, there's things that I'm, that hurt in life for me. And mm-hmm. there's, there's things that I don't know how to deal with I don't have the coping mechanism. And I just don't want to feel it mm-hmm. because I honestly believe two things. One, that if I thought it, I had to do it. As a slave to my thoughts and like my body is, is geared to help me survive. And I attached like physical harm with mental pain meant emotional uncomfortability, mm-hmm. like any kind of emotional pain, uncomfortability, I, I, intimacy, I'm out. I, 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 I that with it's life threatening to me. You know, I don't have a coping mechanism. I don't have a skill for that. So I just know that if I don't feel it, I'm okay. Mm. And so I always, I, you know, I always, do enough not to feel, but always n- never too much not to be present. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I love, I love being present. Mm-hmm. I would love the ability to enjoy life the way you guys do or mm-hmm. other people, normal and people. And so how
0: do. do you do it now?
2: Well, to be honest with you, the cool thing is, um, uh, I got a gift of desperation. I mean, I mean, so yeah,
0: keep going. Sorry. I interrupted. No, you. no, that's the, I mean, <laughs> that, that, it,
2: it went that, you know, that's kind of how it went until we got home from the tour. Uh, you know, our relationship suffered because, you know, I, 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 I as it got worse, I became less and less present and you know, it, it put and a bit un- something. There was like that. an
1: unspoken something going on and it was kind of hard to articulate and it kind of came to a head and I was like, it, it was trust was probably the big piece. We lost a lot of trust through that, this process sure. and that's something we still struggle with a lot. So that's yeah, like a, something we're really trying to mm-hmm. rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just trust mm-hmm. in some spaces and other places. Like I don't have any issues with trust mm-hmm. with him because he mm-hmm. shows up consistently, mm-hmm. you know, Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, it was, it was pretty, it just came to this sort of thing of, we need space. Like something's off. It was, Mm -hmm. it was just a feeling of disalignment, Mm -hmm. I guess.
2: Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know how to connect back to that. I just knew that. And by this time I was physically addicted already, Mm -hmm. you know, so stopping wasn't an an option, you know? Right. Um,
1: And we loved each other through the whole thing. And so did you
0: finally just like open up? To Danica and tell Ooh. her, or how did that happen?
2: Well, the, the truth is, um, the last day I, g- I got loaded, um, I had been sleeping in my car for a couple months. I was still working privately for families, but I don't know how. Uh, but I was living in my car and not talking to anybody. And I'm my really close friend, like I'm really close with him, I've known him for a long time. He's an ex Marine, PTSD. He goes, Hey, Bill, I, I, I'm just, I don't want to be alone tonight. We come stay with me. I have a, I have a hotel room in Huntington. Like just, just come talk to me, man. I don't want to be alone. I said, sure. No problem. We'll get off there. Uh, I'll be there at 11. I show up and mind you, I hadn't really slept in a bed in a while, you know, and, and that's just where my addiction takes me. And so for the first time I, I had a bed, I took a shower and, you know, I had whatever I'm using. And I remember he asked me, he goes, Bill, can I try that? And I said, no, man, this is not for you. It's fentanyl at the time. So it's really strong. And and he goes, oh, okay, I use the restroom. As I come back, I, I see him use it. And the minute I see him take a hit, he stopped breathing and dropped. And so I'm in a locked room, right? There's drugs on the table. Uh, the door's locked. I'm doing chest compressions. He's foaming. He's turning purple. He's not breathing. Uh, and I'm screaming for help. They can't get in because the door's locked. I'm, I i don't want to stop because he's, he's going to stop He's going to die if I do that. And three things happen. I realized three things and it changed my life. I said, you know, when I, when I use drugs, I'm always alone. I do not use with people. I do not have people around me. I am always by myself. And for the first time, I didn't say if this happens, I said, when this happens. Like, I I believed (sighs) that if I continue going, I'm going to die alone. Like, no one's going to save me. No one's going to be there for me. I don't do this around people. Uh, Part of me was jealous, like, I viewed what has happened to him like I wanted the break. I, I never overdue, overdose. I never die. I, I never, I, I, but I, I'm living as if I do, right? I, I just want a break from all this. I can't handle it. And it's frustrating. And the third thing I realized that, like, I know this guy's kids. I love this person. Um, if he dies, I will never be the same. I already take enough toxic ownership of the situation as it is. And if he, if he dies, I, I won't get sober. Like, I won't. And on top of that, I'm going back to jail. If I go back to jail a third time, it's, it's a wrap for me. Like, that's it. Um, and it scared me. I've never been so scared in my life. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah,
2: because I've seen people OD before, but I care about this person. Like, I know his children, you know. And um, I, I truly realize that if I continue, I will die. And I don't want to die. Like, I know that. I just don't know how to live.
0: So this was before you went into treatment or after this was, the, this, this was like we, this six, is after months, the tour. This, this was right after ago. the tour. Yeah.
2: yeah. We, we got home from the tour and then you we went... took a three month break. And in that three months, I, my addiction went to the roof.
0: Wow. So was that at an all time high uh,
2: or was it? It's comparative. I mean, I've, I've, the emotional depth it, it hit was, I've never been that deep, but yeah. it's, it's been bad for me before in the yeah. past. Like it, I, it never ends good for me regardless. Right. Of course. You know, like I, I, right. I never, I'm never successful at it. Wow. That so way. that
0: was 5 months ago.
2: Yeah, a little yeah. over 5, yeah.
0: And so you resuscitated him and he was Yeah, he's No,
2: like, well, well they they, he's they, okay. they they hit him with three shots of Narcan, and they took him to the hospital. He was resuscitated later, but it he definitely was pretty close to being dead. But
0: it was a wake up call big oh, big big time.
2: Oh. It, and
0: so then what what happened after that?
2: Uh, I called that man Vecchi, uh that I always know who's always there for me. Uh and I said I don't know I I need help, dude. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to die. And He embraced me. He said, "Get your ass over here," and we started to get. We got to work, and we started from ground zero again. And I'll tell you now, I I had a I've had a year and a half of consistent sobriety, you know, before I relapsed, and I've never had the the quality of of sobriety that I have now, like. I am doing everything in my power. I see a therapist. I work, I've worked all 12 steps. We're looking forward to sponsoring guys. I hit at least two meetings a day. I have a home group. I have, my sponsor has a sponsee family. Um, I'm open and vulnerable with everybody. I manage a sober living house. Wow. Um, I take direction. I don't make a decision unless the three people in my life all agree that I should do it. It's called. It, 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 it's like a tenant of Treehouse houses. Uh-huh. It's called the other driver. Huh. So I no longer drive my car right now so i give someone else the keys and we do it together
0: so is that often danica
2: uh it's danica my therapist paula vecchi and my sponsor you know these those i don't
1: think i'm actually in that triangle
2: well you (laughs) kind of you kind (laughs) of are (laughs)
1: because i was so i'm just curious it's an interesting question because that's been something for us with our relationship is we have to keep it separate and the conversation we had when he relapsed was your sobriety has to be number one yeah. because we don't have a relationship if there's no, if you're not sober. Yeah. Well, like it's like you, it it's like everyone's self should be
0: number one before right. the other person. Right.
1: Right. And we you just have to can't. love yourself before you can. Yeah. Really and
0: love
2: that's you. the thing. I didn't know how to love myself. I did not value my life. I, I, I believe that my worth came from her loving me. Wow. Not from me myself. Wow. And then I had to realize like, I don't know what I'm doing. I do not know how to love me. Wow. You know, can somebody show me? And it needs to be a man. <laughs> Right. True. You know, and and I've learned a lot from, you know, and I think working with, with Danica and the women and just being around, um, just that energy has, has helped me so much and, and allowed me like, it's okay for me to be vulnerable and and hurt. It's okay for me not to know. And I don't need to be tough. I can be loving it and I can take love, you know, I can accept it. Yeah, I don't always have to give it.
0: I feel like there are not enough outlets for men. I no. really feel like there are not we're, enough. There's so many like women's circles, yeah. and we're thinking about
2: doing a brunch series for men. Like my friends and I were trying to put something on something very similar yeah. to what we did for for the brunch series for women, but something for men. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just feel like there's so many opportunities for women to really go deep and to like just you know get get help and get be heard yeah. and yeah. connect. And I feel like men want it, but there's not even. There's not a lot of opportunity for them to even ask for it. Yeah, to like sure. go look look around for it. And but our so, cultures put shame on even asking. Yeah, for that, absolutely.
2: Right? I I, I felt that yeah. a lot. And
0: so when you said that you had to learn how to love yourself from a man, can you give some of those like the insights that you've learned as you're learning it, like oh, to other God. someone else out there who might be in a similar boat?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I I am the biggest fan of, I'll take help anywhere it comes from. Right, therapy has been. The work Paul and I have done and still do on, on a weekly basis, you know, has given me oh, so much. You know, we did a lot of inner child work, which was so uncomfortable. Like the, the thought of having to like take care of little Billy, you know, instead of letting him drive the car, you know, I'll, I'll drive me, tuck you in the seat and let's let, let's hear some tools about how to take care of the little you. I, I carried a goose egg with little <laughs> Billy on it uh, walking around. I had it, I had it uh, for almost three weeks. I had to carry it everywhere I went. Couldn't break it. Right. And that's
0: like, I remember that in like preschool. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: Or I like think when you're I little, yeah. a I everywhere, everywhere I went. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's that been super amazing. You and know? to your like,
0: therapist. How do you do that? Oh, yeah. That's really interesting. Paul, what Paul, other ty- types of exercises?
2: Um, so, I mean, uh, the normal, like the, the affirmations and mm-hmm. uh, just. I mean, other than like, I I trust her. So like, she's given me the space to just let it go, Mm -hmm. you know? And it took, I've been working with her for years, you know, and and this, and I'm just getting into like getting in the deep work with her Mm -hmm. because I'm comfortable. I understand she's there to help me and not judge me. Mm
1: -hmm. She's incredible.
2: She's amazing. Special,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I think even like to be together and go through a relapse with him is so powerful too, right? To have that experience of each other within that context.
2: No, that's funny because I remember- um, When I told her that I I want to go back to treat I going to go back to the sober living and do it again, you know she she knew things were bad but she I don't think she knew the extent of the truth. Mm-mm. And mind you, I cannot tell the truth to save my life at this point, you know. And and it's not something I did. I have to control the outcome. You know, it's you you're know. Dead.
1: You're, yeah, you mean you did. Yeah. I
2: had to, you know. And you know, so when I when I told her I'm like, hey, I'm. I'm going to be detoxing for seven days. And, you know, then I'm going back to sober living for a little bit. She's like, well, come here and stay. And I, I was like, there's no way you're seeing me. I'm not letting you No, know.
1: He didn't want me to see that side of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told him, I remember saying to yeah, you, like, the you have, if, if you want this to work, you have to let me see that side of you. Like yeah. you have to let me in and let me see the dark side the really vulnerable because otherwise if, I, if you don't let me see it, you're gonna continually hide that because mm.
2: this is what it is right now, this is my yeah. truth, and I'm so full of shame and guilt and and it goes back to that first of all i know I know I'm not good enough, and you're gonna see it now and and you're definitely not gonna stay mm. you know, and that that's those are powerful emotions to override totally. you know uh, but luckily i she is always shown me that all she's ever wanted was the truth and me and to be okay, you know? And uh, yeah, it's, it's like it's, radical
0: love and acceptance.
1: Well, and just it's
2: not unconditional. unconditional.
0: I'm not going to yeah. say
1: like, it was like so clear. I'm just going to stay with him and go through this. Like no, it, it, there's a lot of, and we're still like, there's a lot of resentment and a lot of, like I said, well, it's fear too. And a, lot a lot of, of stuff fear to work through. Yeah. And so that's why we say we're like, You know, we hope that we'll be together and we hope it works out. Um, But, you know, in that situation, there was a period of time where I was like, do I just say screw this and go like, is this too much for me or do I stay and do the work? Because I do believe that there's that working on something to a certain extent can get you where you want to go. Until you can make, like, a really logical, grounded decision about if something serves you or not. But in my head, it finally clicked for me that, you know, obviously, I loved him the whole time. That was the hardest part. I love this man so deeply. There was never a lack of that. And, hey, he's just winking at me. (laughs) Um, But, you know it was, it was, it it took a toll on me for a long time. And so we created help. We had to create boundaries and that's why we took this break and we had space and we took time not talking. And then it was sort of like gradual. We were like, we're we're not going to call ourselves anything. We're not going to say we're in boyfriend, girlfriend. We're just going to not label this. Let's just sort of learn through this process. But I remember thinking I will learn and grow through this process so much. And I have, and I'm so grateful to Billy because as much as this, a lot of this journey is his in this recovery. It's put me into Al-Anon. It's put me back into my food recovery program, which has been a big part yeah, of my and I life talk and about disordered eating too. and all that. And so, it's forced me to go in and look at some things that I wouldn't necessarily look at mm-hmm. because I sort of I feel like I've internalized success as one thing, and a lot of it, it's mainly what our culture sees as success, right? It's be it's it's money or business or being, you know, it's whatever our culture values external, is important. external yeah. yes mm-hmm. but what i now realize more and more especially through this work and through this experience is the importance of the, the small everyday internal successes. Like that to me is real success. And that is what this experience has led us to. So Jesse, like this time for us is so hard. I like bet. we are having, like we I have mean, had a hard I'm so grateful
0: months. that you guys are sharing this right now because it's, it's very fresh. Yeah. It's very, I mean, It's very happening fresh. now, yeah. you know, it's yeah. happening now. <laughs> it's hard. And I can like feel that for you guys. It's intense. It's very, yeah. but I think it's so beautiful. Just even the commitment to like see each other through this time. Well, you well, the know? truth
2: is like I value her as a human being regardless if I'm with her or not. Like all I really care about is that she's happy and fulfilled and that she's on the path that brings her the most um serenity, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And that may not be with me.
0: Whatever for each other's highest good. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like
2: I hope it's with us. Yeah. I'm willing to put the work in to see if it is. Yeah. Uh but ultimately like it if, if I need to step back so she succeeds, like i will do that because i i've her as a person and as a soul is what i love about her
0: well it sounds like that's been it from the very beginning Absolutely, Absolutely. it's like you're I'm an angel about. that like came in mm-hmm. to like reflect that also to reflect i feel like you can only go so far your on your own development oh. without a mirror of a relationship that's amen. why relationships are so <laughs> amen uh, i, I know, because yeah. like you said like you thought you were like good like you'd like kind of like gotten yourself to a certain point. But then when you have this mirror and someone brushing up against you and revealing different sides of yourself to yourself and to the other person so much, even this experience for you has probably awakened
1: so much within you. Well, what you just said is that has been the the ringing. So true for me lately is You know, you think you put in all this work on personal growth and I'm living alone in my own apartment with nobody, but you can control your circumstances so much and you can see exactly what you want to see and ignore exactly what you want to ignore, but relationships. And that's why I love that we get to do this stuff together, but relationships will slap you across the face. For sure. And be like, but it's your best teacher and it's your best. Yeah. The growth's insane.
0: Yes. 100%. And if you're not brushing up against anything, then you're not really going deep enough. Yeah. You know, or you're not really evolving together. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: But that's, I mean, this is like intense stuff. So let's talk a little bit about your food stuff Mm -hmm. because I'm sure you also connected over that feeling that you can relate to Yeah, because addiction is addiction.
2: I got a story for that when it comes to it.
1: Yeah. Well, so I've struggled with food and diet and body most of my life. I had uh, a bulimic growing up and constantly dieting and just really had a lot of very little self-worth. Um, and for me, the majority of it, I believe was media induced, like hmm. culture induced. Really? I really you grew feel, up in Orange County. I grew up in New York until I was uh, 12 and uh-huh. then Orange County, but uh-huh. I mean, I moved to Orange County when I was when 12 you are like a teen. so awkward yeah. and then yeah. moved to like Newport beach right. where everyone's, everyone's Bikini zone, Yeah, No one has an awkward teen <laughs> here. Um, no, but, but I think it was more media. Like I watched, I watched TV and, What I saw on TV was size zero supermodels and like I didn't see anyone who looked like me and mm-hmm. I've always been a, just a bigger girl mm-hmm. and so I decided really young that I wanted to be a model because I hadn't I didn't feel any I was never the girl that the guys liked or anything like that and so I decided at probably age 14 or 13 that if I could be a model I'd be enough and so it became my purpose wow. right it was like my passion my purpose and listen I'm powerful if I want something you I'll get create it, it. Yeah. Ain't that the but truth. you know and 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 so I spent many many years about 10 years dieting in these foods so, you know, and I'd lose some weight here and there, but for the most part, I was still, I didn't really lose anything significant. I was the same size. And I eventually got to a point where I was so exhausted from the, the constant fight with my body that I just kind of threw up my hands. And um, I read a book called Women Food and God by Janine Roth. And I surrendered and I um just decided to stop dieting. And it was kind of the beginning of my sort of personal growth self-worth journey and funny enough t- about 2 months after i had this sort of surrender into my own body exactly as i was i was approached randomly at bank of america by some modeling agents and signed to model so, so the next you know couple of weeks later i'm modeling for forever 21 and and i always say what wow. a lo- what a like god moment or whatever you want to call yes. it but wow. to say it, it, you've been enough exactly as you are if you had spent th- if you had stopped struggling and trying to be what you mm-hmm. weren't Wow. It was right here Powerful. waiting for wow, you. It right? really is. Right. So it's super interesting. So, so the, the plus size modeling industry actually really helped me with my self-worth and it really is, it beca- didn't they like want you even to be bigger? It's, it's some clients do, Yeah. And, you know, fortunately for me, my body, and I think that's like, it has to be this way for me. Cause I'm too much of a control freak, but fortunately for me, my size, I'm aware a size 14. And that's like the sort of like Middle, like that's like the size for mm. plus size modeling. Like, so some clients will want a sixteen or an eighteen. Mm-hmm. Some will want a twelve, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, like I, it You're works. You're like the perfect, and I don't kid. have to manipulate. <laughs> you know, so so anyway, fl- fast forward. I moved to New York, and I found uh, like. More clean eating, so I started changing the what I was eating, and it changed the way my brain functioned, and that was like probably the biggest catalyst for the inner growth piece because for so long I was on Adderall, I was doing all these things that were numbing, I was polluting dr- drinking, body, yeah. yeah, and so my brain, I had, I had chronic brain fog for sure. So when you have chronic brain fog, you, fog, you can't. Do the deep inner work Mm-mm. because you can't see what's going on you feel exactly yeah. and I had spent my whole life numbing out on food because food was not just it wasn't just about body for me it was emotional so I mean, anytime yeah, you, I, it was my that. drug yeah so right. anytime I felt a feeling that I didn't want to feel I shoved it down with food right. so food was always my love my comfort the same thing drugs are, opiates are to yeah. be So anyway, eventually I found myself eating really clean, but binge eating these healthy foods. So I remember a specific night in New York, I was living in uh, the West village and I was, um, I was super financially stressed. Like I had lost some weight from this lifestyle. I lost all my modeling jobs. I was like (laughs) staying at my friend's place while she was out of town. (laughs) Anyway, I binge ate 8,000 calories of like, apples, celery, almond butter, like health, like right. yeah, quote unquote healthy Like eating stuff. them in like
0: a frantic,
1: like- In 20 minutes, wow. like shoveling, like a dr- to numb yeah. out, literally, to just- Just chew and like, my yeah, body yeah. With, yeah. like, yeah, the noise, everything. So, um, and it just clicked to me, it clicked for me that it wasn't about what I was eating. It was about how and why. Yeah. And so I'd spent my entire, you know, the last decade figuring out what is the perfect thing for me to eat to finally solve this quote, problem- and it was yes, eating cleaner and getting the junk out of my body helped because it gave me a mental clarity but the answer was in how and why I was eating. So anyway, fast forward, I went and I got into a program, um, for people who overeat mm-hmm. and a 12 step program, very similar to AA, but for food, people who struggle with food and eventually, and it's been a long journey for me. I'm still learning things about, uh, for, about myself and food. But for me, sugar seems to be like the main culprit. And so I have to look at sugar the same way an alcoholic looks at alcohol. Wow. I just can't it have like turn
0: something on. Turn, in your it's, brain. And,
1: and the, yeah. and the hardest thing is the, I, it's a lesson I learned over and over, right? There's not so as much, stigma as his drug so i can you can get do it, it in public it's, exactly <laughs> yeah and, and so you have to eat especially yeah, it's and funny. you have to engage with yeah the last so i went like a probably about a year and a half not having any sweets nothing sugar just because it doesn't serve me right yeah. and then uh in november this past november when we we started going through all this sort of stuff i was like you know I want to have sugar again. Like, I think it's fine. I can handle it, whatever. So I had some, and I had a little bit most days for the last six months. And truth be told, I rarely binged on it. It was mm-hmm. not this like crazy. But what happened was I look back on these past six months and I realized, wow, my motivation my mental clarity, all yeah. of these things. It was like, I look back and I was a fun, it was a functioning addict. Wow. So it wasn't dramatic enough. You know, Billy had uh-huh. this situation that was this dramatic, like, Uh uh-huh. but I can and it's imagine been a it's tough someone. Six
0: months, so you're probably coping a little bit with exactly. this little like dose of and something. And I can
1: imagine it's the same thing for someone who's a, an alcoholic, but like has, a couple glasses of wine or three Uh glasses of wine every night, but like, it's not, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's affecting their life so dramatically. So it doesn't look like a problem. Right. And that's how sugar kind of was until I looked back on the big picture and realized I know what I usually, like I could just compare it. So your baseline. Yeah. Moral of the story with addiction i absolutely i see shook i see addiction in so many things not just the traditional drugs and alcohol i think you can absolutely have addictions to technology 100%. and all these different things yeah. and so when billy talked about his addiction i was like no i get it i've been in this program i understand which i'll segue because i know at first you were like yeah, yeah that's <laughs> uh-huh. the story
2: no i the, the, when we first started talking about it like yeah yeah hi. you were you relate to me i get it you have eating addiction. Uh, BS. I don't believe it, but you're hot. So I'm going to pretend I believe it. Right. So I'll go with you on this one. Uh, and it was really, it taught me a lot because I remember one day I was coming over to her. She was living in her parents' garage at the time. Oh yeah. And, uh, I came over early. We were supposed to like hang out or go for a walk or watch a movie or something. And I came over earlier than expected. And, uh, as I walk in, I see her on the bed. She's got all these snacks everywhere. It's all this stuff. And I'm thinking, yes, like I'm hungry, let's eat. <laughs> and she was in the middle of binging, right
1: before he came over. Yeah, he at, didn't. I didn't know he was coming uh, over. No. So for me, my biggest nightmare was someone walking in on me and on my in my like oh. secret in that moment. Right. I think most addicts feel that way. It's like this is my thing. I'm like Billy. I do it alone. It's the same thing. Uh, do it alone. I'm numbing uh, out. And, and it was like
2: the shocking. look on her face was Terror. the exact <laughs> look I have. Every time my mom caught me using, every time the police have caught me using, every time, every time anybody has ever seen me in my rawest, like connected to my, my addiction form, that's how I felt. And at the instant I go, oh, you do know how I feel." Wow. Oh, I'm so wrong about this.
0: Wow. And
2: it, it showed my, it showed my um, uh, my bias and, and, wow. and my you know my just thinking I was yeah. different. You know, something I'm yeah. different than you. And I yeah. go, oh, no, I'm not.
1: Wow. It that's blew my world super open. interesting. And I'm yeah. so grateful for, for you to see him back as much as he is in program now when he's back. Cause this guy, like he puts in the work, like he, like he said, like he's doing it. Like he shows every day he, he meets with his guys. And like he was saying, and it's inspired me to get back into my program because yes, maybe it's a little more discreet in my life. And maybe I have some sort of like external successes that, you know, cult, cultural successes, but it, was really not serving me in a lot of ways and emotionally, spiritually. And so his, his experience has really inspired me to get back and look at my own uh, relationship with sugar and with food in general. And it's a really beautiful thing. And also it's interesting because you've really, you still model, right? Yeah.
0: And you have a food company. So it's like you're, you're directly engaging (laughs) with like these triggers. I
1: created things To save my life, right? For a while, saving my life meant becoming a model because I would be worthy. And then it was, I need to have something so I could eat this food all the time and not be obsessive and worry. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna create this so these meals are always ready for me, Mm -hmm. right? So, So it's really beautiful now because I have such a fresh perspective. Like model meals for me is a huge part of my healing process mm-hmm. because I spent so many years obsessing about food, literally thinking about food all day. What I was going to eat, how much of it was the calories? What was the fat? So it's model like meals, day, right? Right. Model meals thing, like, actually
2: so gives yeah. me
1: so much mental freedom because yeah. I have food in my fridge that I know makes me feel good that I know doesn't have any of my trigger, my drugs in it. Wow! And, and I can eat it when I'm hungry and I can use, be intuitive and I can choose and what it's I want to eat. Out it's portioned out. I can yeah. eat it and then I can move along with the day. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it is so, so it's, awesome. Like for yeah. me, it's a tool of my recovery. Yes. And I, I don't talk about it like that much because I would never, ever want it to sound like I was marketed, using right. that to market. Because it, that's just that doesn't feel right but to me, but perfect my pairing reality. It's
0: yeah. like your interest as well. So then you got into food after?
2: No, I've been cooking for the last 15 years. Oh, uh, wow. I, worked, I worked in fine dining restaurants and hotel work for the Four Seasons. Uh, opened a bunch of restaurants with Todd English in New York. Uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to cook with a lot of great chefs and be part of that. So food's always been my life. I never thought about, um, being an entrepreneur or working for myself ever until I met her. I didn't, it just wasn't in my bandwidth. Right. I, I didn't know it was something that I, I could do or wanted right. to do. Even now I still struggle with it. It's very difficult for me to change that mentality, uh, but I'm doing it.
0: Uh, you're rewiring. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, you know, I remember when I was, um, when I was getting out of treatment this time, like food's what I do. It's how I connect to human beings. I'm really good at it, and it's just my thing. Uh, but I don't want to go back to the restaurant business. Like that lifestyle doesn't serve me. Very. It's going to I take mean, there's me a lot
0: for, of addiction there. Too.
2: Not just addiction, just the time. Like I, I, I love working on the morning, my morning meeting, connecting with the guys, and then like that, that I don't I'm not trading that for anything.
0: Sets you up for success. Yeah. That
2: is that's that's me. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I love, and so that's important to me. And she said it. She blew like blew my world when she's like, you know, you're supposed to, um, was it live? Not live to work, but like, what was the thing when you? work
1: to live. I don't, uh, did I say that? Work no, like to, live, like to, to, to schedule to your work. life
2: that, around, yeah. to schedule work around your life, not your life around your work. Yes. Oh, so that yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't say yeah. that very good. Yeah. But, yes, that's what good.
1: like. like so that what, it what serves you. So what that are, your are the pillars ser- of what I do that serve me? And build, and how can I fit my work into that yeah. versus my work this term? And, and not everyone has that luxury, but I mean, we can navigate things a little bit or not take a yeah. certain job, like yeah. Billy's explaining, because yeah. we know it doesn't serve the routines we need to have. 100%. No,
2: absolutely. And it really helped me out a lot. So uh, I got a, I got a job cooking at a detox for, you know, the, the first seven days, someone goes to detox and so they had a chef there. They needed a chef. So I cooked for a bunch of men um, and got to connect to them. And I'm, as I, you know, these guys are in their first seven days and they're not feeling good. Throwing are <laughs> throwing up, can't eat, just your whole life's in disarray. Yeah. And, you know, they use, they eat crap, junk food, carbohydrates, processed and food. And
0: it just makes them feel so much worse.
2: Absolutely. And I found like, as I, every day I would cook and, and one guy would come in and the guy would come in and they'd sit and we'd be talking and I'd be cooking and then I'd show him some stuff. And then before I knew it, everyone's in the kitchen, we're all connecting there's some real healing going on. And then I fed them food that's good for them. Right. And I was realizing, though, oh my God, like this is food heals. Yeah. Food connects. Because I listened to a guy speak and he said the opposite of, uh, of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. Hmm. Right. So what's a better way to connect to people than at a table, at a dinner, at, at lunch, and you more. eat and you share yeah. and you talk and you bond. And, it, and on top of that, your food nourishes your body and your soul. I'm into that. But and also just someone
0: is feeling like someone took the time to make you something and to like that. You're that's like a, like a worthiness thing too. It's like, I'm worthy of someone cooking or the time it takes to make a meal I rather ab- than just the quickest thing. And
2: absolutely. And even think about it. Most people don't come from complete households where their parents cared for them. And they, a lot of us, you know, have your trouble. Paul always says you, you make your outline of the world between kneecaps and belly buttons. Like you said earlier. And, um, a lot for yeah. a lot of people, didn't have a lot of good family environment. They didn't grow up around it. So the, the experience and what you learn at a table, a dinner table with a family and that connection, a lot, a lot of us get it. And so that's a huge skill in life. And so to create that for people, especially in the first couple of weeks of, of, of just coming new to this world and and having no coping mechanisms, that's what no one's doing. Yeah. So I want I'm uniquely fitted to do that.
0: That's so incredible.
2: That's what I can do. Yeah. And do it well. Cause I feel like I have a a great ability to connect to you through food. Yeah. And I love that so much.
0: Yes, you should definitely do this for men. Yeah. As well. It's it's important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that that was like the the fuel for your for these women's workshops is like that, that type of love poured into the food for that. Yeah. And that intention. Is so I love
2: cool. her ability to, to see the big picture in life, you know, and, and we compliment each other so well when I'm healthy, you know, when I'm doing the deal, like it, it, it's very seamless. And mm-hmm. her talent is so wild. She, you know, she created the brunch series in a weekend. <laughs> By the really end of the week, we, we went to Cambria for a weekend. My man has a house up there, weekend getaway. And, mm-hmm. you know, we walked in kind of not in a really good place in a relationship. And we walked out like tour tickets already sold like like, like a
1: little compulsive it, it was
2: it was insane and, and to watch her do it you know and we're on the road after that and like you know her desire to help other women is is it's the altruistic lifestyle that i, I want to live yeah you know
0: yeah yeah
2: so it's beautiful. that's
0: so beautiful Thanks, yeah and you it sounds like you have that same desire to help men and ability to help men so Th-
2: that's where it's at that's yeah. where that's where real life is at yeah you know that's what matters
0: Totally. And to just help people. And to, I think you guys being so open and honest about your own struggles and your own, even while in it mm-hmm. is so powerful. Cause I think people often are like very quiet until it's sorted and then they're like, okay, now we can talk about it. But like the reality is everything's a process. Yeah. Right. And it's never, you're not, you can't just like, especially with addiction, it's an ongoing thing to be attended to mm-hmm. and, and, um, and like, like you said, like to be working on it always, it's not like you just check that box. Okay, now I'm done. Right.
2: No, I, I think the thing for us too is, you know, um, how it also affects our relationship is when, when she met me and our dynamic that happened, uh, evolved from that is one way her, her view of who I am and how I operate is one way. Um, but coming back this time and really doing the work, not just pretending and really changing what needs to be changed, learning how to set boundaries, um learning what's healthy for me, what's not healthy. This is okay. This isn't okay. How do I take care of me? That changes my dynamic with her because I'm not acting in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to put me first. And sometimes that means not putting her first. Mm-hmm. But that's not something I do. Mm-hmm. I put her first always. So our dynamic is changing, you know, and we don't spend the same time that we do with each other and getting adjusted to that and a healthy non-codependent, right. what does that look like? You know, going from right. here to here, you know, right. and, uh, and that's changed a lot and that's been difficult because it, it breaks your norm and it it makes you feel like we're not connected or we're not doing the same things. Oh, are we not meant to be together? You know, but learning how to be healthy together is it's tough.
0: It's like re-meeting each other. It
2: really is. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a reorganization of how your energy connects. Right. Yeah.
2: I I always want to re-meet her. I'd never not want to meet you.
0: Oh, so uh, sweet. <laughs> so you guys are not living together, I imagine. Or no, are so you? So
1: he's in sober living right now, um, which is a great place for him yeah, to be. So cool. he's he can have two overnights a week. So uh-huh. he stays over twice a week. Uh-huh. Um, which is really nice actually. I'm super independent right. too. So I think like I <laughs> yeah. think it really functions well for us because uh-huh. we have routines. He has a meeting he goes to at six thirty every morning, and I'm like crazy about my morning routine. So I have like those hours, you know. So what it, is your morning routine? It's, um, <laughs> if you're so crazy about it, I want to hear it's, uh, so I, I go to, I'm, <laughs> I go to bed at eight. p.m. Wow.
0: My God. My so daughter, I, my two-year-old daughter doesn't even go to bed at 8 PM. <laughs> she literally goes to bed later oh than my you. Gosh. So <laughs>
1: That's uh, well, amazing. it's only because I wake up really early. So I, I unplug from electronics around seven 30, like plug them away from the bed, Love that. try and read for 30 minutes, fall asleep around eight, wake up at 5 AM. Isn't um, it like Doesn't it get dark at like exactly? Yeah, I have black eyes (laughs) You should see my room. It's like I I have to manipulate everything because it's bright out. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, um, because here's my thought process. I, at the end of the day, I'm usually depleted. I'm tired. I'm foggy. I'm not in the best mood. I'm just kind of like, like most bla- like blah. Yeah. I figured if, what if I could go to bed earlier, trade some of those evening hours and give myself more hours in the morning where I'm feeling sharp and excited and yeah. like energized and clear. So that's what I did. So I decided I'm just going to go to bed way earlier so I can wake up when no one's going to bother me at 5am and make sure I have this time to focus on myself. So I wake up mm-hmm. at 5 Um, I make like my bulletproof coffee Oh, at night before I go to bed, I set out my workout clothes. I set up the coffee. So it's brewed right when I wake up, I prepare my bulletproof. Like, so everything's ready to go. My supplements are all like portioned out, you know? So I do that. And then I meditate for 20 minutes. I do uh, a self-care checklist, which is the tool that I taught at brunch series. It's a checklist like tool to just stay accountable to mindset change manifestations. Like I write my gratitude affirmations. I write a bio for my future. Every single day. Yeah. I write a journal entry I think for myself. It telling only takes on about a,
0: 15 minutes. On a hike that
1: we went on that you yeah. were doing that. Yeah, Can you
0: a, give me an example like what was yours today? What was my your bio from the future? Yeah.
1: I think I said something like Danica Breisha is a um, successful serial entrepreneur best-selling author motivational speaker she is a mother and a partner she loves a conscious life she has a great i'm working on my relationship with money right now so i wrote about like my really responsible healthy abundant relationship with finances i wrote about our like my journal entry from the future is i i it's as if i opened a journal in my future right so i opened it and today i wrote about our little family and we were Aww. overlooking the ocean this like indoor outdoor situation i had a cup of tea and so like i just visualize I and you that. i know this you're this all is, about this Love but like this. visualizing and yes. manifesting because, yes. because I really believe that when you can vibrate at the frequency of where you want to be, that's when the physical world catches up. 100%. And so for me, the checklist just has a lot of different tools on it that I do every day that keep put me in that headspace. Because I always tell, I tell the women I work with, if you can put yourself in that space every morning, you're going to go out and remind yourself of who you are. You go out into the world and you make choices that support that version of yourself without even having to think about it. So you're going to say yes and no to things that support that vision of your life. So I do my self-care checklist with all that stuff. And so is that something you have like a form that you... Yeah. So I have a checklist and it's also like, for example, there's a section on there called monthly challenges. So I'm really about learning new habits and habit change and like really small changes over time because so many women are so overwhelmed these days and have such limited time and they're taking care of kids or family members or... Whatever. So it's a I monthly challenges I have my um clients come up with a monthly challenge each month. So maybe you want to start meditating. So you commit to I'm gonna meditate three minutes a day for the entire month. And every single day you meditate for three minutes. And if you do more, great, you feel like a rock star. But three minutes yeah. is like one of those things where you feel like, oh, it's the I end of the day, that. I can get it done. Yeah. You know? And you just check it off. And there's something so simple about checking a box. And so what happens I is agree. I feel to... like it's such a good feeling when you can check something off yeah. of your list. Yeah, and that. I do it every day. <sighs> yeah. clean, that I have a clean space, that I prayed, that I read my little Al-Anon books, that I, you know, whatever it is, journal. So um, if you get to the end of the month and you felt, oh, this really served me, this meditation practice served me, you take it and you move it into like, your daily routine so that it's par- just now, a ha- now a habit. And so do you have this as a resource for people? Yeah. So I have like a little online course. It's a virtual brunch series. Cool. So it's what basically a digital version of what Billy and I spent six, you know, did at the 66 events. Yeah. Um, so I have that there and I do like kind of different workshops and stuff here and there, but um, that's really cool. Yeah. So I have the checklist and then I usually go work out. Um, I mix it all up hiking, walking, yoga, Pilates, and then I come home and I shower and I have breakfast and what do you eat for breakfast? Uh, model meals, pretty much only eat model meals. So yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, is it, it's paleo, it's yeah. paleo, but it's more, um, I always say we're like a plant-based paleo, meaning like we put a big focus on a lot of vegetables and a lot of plant-based stuff and mm-hmm. then we have animal proteins but we're actually partnering with the aspca right now because of our humane practices and the way we source our stuff so we it's really important to us to be sourcing um not just humane, like humanely but also with people who are practicing regenerative agriculture because so if you're important. if you're raising animal products in a way that you're using regenerative agriculture it can actually be really positive for the environment mm-hmm. so it's just there's a lot of miss there's a lot of information out there that is um that, that doesn't share that there are ways, if, if you are someone who chooses to eat animal products, Mm -hmm. there are ways to do it in a, in a more mindful way. Mm -hmm. So we try and do that. Um, but yeah, eat breakfast. Bill usually comes over in the morning and we'll get to connect, um, at some point. And then I usually start working around nine or 10 or something.
0: I mean, such an amazing, just set up for your whole house so it's my, five, it's my sobriety you that's, know what i mean yeah. like it's me that's my that's that, your meeting that's yeah, your and a lot yeah. of that
1: stuff has come comes from the 12-step programs like the prayer the meditation like a lot of it was just sort of me taking my conception like how i conceptualized it and putting it on paper because i'm like i like to check yeah. boxes i like yeah. to have format like formula
0: yeah and so when you guys first met was he were you cooking for model meals?
2: No, not at all. We keep all. that very separate. Very separate. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, I, talk, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want, you to, wouldn't that, want that's her thing, it. no. Yes, no, got it. Not.
1: We I talked to my business partner early on cuz obviously it would be like a, an easy yeah. like partnership Plug in, yeah. But um we just decided against it. Keep it separate. For a yeah. Of yeah. It's better. And yeah, it, it, makes sense. So. My perspective is like if he was running our kitchen, we can't ha- like, how are we going to take a spontaneous trip somewhere? Right. and pull our head chef. Out of right. your and right. you're like, you know, exactly. and, and he has such a, like he was saying, he is so uniquely fitted for culinary recovery and his vision for
0: it. Yeah. So and- tell us about that a little bit more. So culinary recovery, I know it, I know the concept of it, what it is, but <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, at, at the moment I do a lot of cooking classes and private events and, and all that kind of good stuff like I've been doing for a while. Uh, but, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Taylor, he, uh, is in the health and wellness scene uh, in the workout section. And we started doing videos, which we are still editing, but we're doing videos of like, you know, when you're in treatment, you get like $70 a week to, to buy food. So how do you meal prep and eat healthy with seventy dollars? Where do you go? How do you break down a chicken? How do you make chicken stock from that? You know, and, and how to do the basics of cooking, the mm-hmm. basic stuff, you know, skills that are real and we could use mm-hmm. them and people could use them. So you don't have to put it in a microwave, turn yeah. it on and eat it, you know. Yeah. Cause we our core belief is that if you don't physically feel good and you're full of inflammation and you're malnourished, like you're not anywhere close to wanting to accept any new principle in your life. I don't feel so good. True. I don't feel good. So I'm not listening to you. I don't care. So I'm going to indulge in sugar or process food. I'm going to make myself feel good. And if food doesn't work, I'm going to try women. If women doesn't work, I'm going to get loaded.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no way to self-regulate inside nope. when everything's inflamed. It's terrible. It's out of balance. And yeah. that's,
2: that's when I met her, she really turned me on to the whole 30 and, you know, I've done a whole 30 with her and my, my whole like spirituality was something really hard for me. Didn't believe in God. Didn't want to. If I did, nothing to him. But mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't until I uh, I changed what I ate. I got rid of all the the garbage, mm-hmm. and I could think clearer. I was more connected with me. You know, because you know the whole thirty allows you to, uh, you know, see how food affects you. Like I feel how you know after I'm done, well, in, in reinsert black beans. How does black beans Work yeah. with me and then it's good for me or it's not good for me. It makes you so aware of how you feel. Yeah, and slow and then, down. Same like with really emotions. notice. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm I'm nervous. I feel it in my chest. Yeah. That's what nervous is. Okay, yeah. well, why am I nervous? Does yeah. that serve me? I'm gonna take a step back from this. Rather like,
0: than just reacting right. without yeah, being
2: impulsive. Yeah. You know, so uh that kind of showed me a lot of stuff and I realized imagine if you were in treatment and for 90 days you ate a version of whole thirty. Get rid of inflammation, right? And not only that, uh so when you Remove any kind of drugs or alcohol from your body. You, you go through what's called post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Pause is for shorter. And um, it can last anywhere from 11 months to 16 months, you know, uh, as far as it – to where your body gets back to like a homeostasis. And um, you can cut that time in half, 50 percent by what you eat and how you move. Right? You can become – you can restabilize your emotions and all these other things. Yeah. If you change how you ate, change how you moved from the get-go. You don't wait. Uh, yeah. And that's what our goal is, you know, whether it's teaching chefs that are already uh, creating an outline that would teach chefs that are already in, in treatment centers and, you know, eat, eat this way and, and, and apply this type of exercise in 90 days. You have, you know, 75 percent more likely to be sober for a year or more.
0: That is so incredible. Uh, that statistic, or, or bring wow.
2: chefs or, or, or teach, do classes, anything we can do to get in to, to bring that knowledge to people, because the problem is, I think, in, I think in a lot of treatment centers, um, they don't want you to get well. Because if you don't get fit. well, you get yeah. you relapse and you come back, you know. So I feel like they don't equip most people with the tools needed to. Scary. It's very scary. Treehouse doesn't do that. Where there's no medication. I mean, they, they they do the deal, and that's why yeah. I love them. But to bring that change to everywhere, I think it's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. And on top of you know he he my my friend Taylor is like me is, he's a very vulnerable like connected man to himself, and and he shares that with the world, and I think that's just that's one thing that that she's helped me be is just myself to the world like unapologetically on like me yeah all right this is what i am this is where i'm at today and i don't know the answer but like it's okay yeah you know Um, it's so
0: much better than just pretending that you do and feeling like like phony Mm. and like a fraud and just like terrible that that lowers your self-worth rather than just maybe a moment of uncomfortable vulnerability where you don't feel good in the moment but then it passes and you're like i'm me and that's it you know rather than walking around with that just like weight over your shoulders that you have to pretend right Mm -hmm. yeah but so I know that in recovery, sometimes you're advised to not be in a relationship, right? Sure. Yeah. So how does that play into it? Is there like sort of that, um, that, that advice from?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, okay. So your first year, it's not like it's more suggested that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't focus on anybody but yourself mm-hmm. because you don't really, you won't have much to offer other than physical attributes. You well, know? Also,
0: like, it's like the, like we were talking about the things that a relationship can bring up can lead you to feel sure you know that heightened sense of emotion can then create and relationships bring it all up they stir things up
2: yeah oh what a better way to be (laughs) gratified by not taking responsibility for yourself because if i'm focused on us i'm not focused on me and i already don't know how to help me or live in a proper manner that gives me success so but you know i don't have much to offer her i I, my emotional bandwidth is not very big in 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 beginning of recovery Mm -hmm. so like can't do it all so Mm -hmm. that's why they say you know not to uh get into any kind of relationships in your first year Mm -hmm. give yourself the time Mm -hmm. and the commitment Mm -hmm. so you you know you'll have more to offer to somebody Mm -hmm. right uh i think with us is a a, kind of a little different you know i think we're so already emotionally connected Mm -hmm. that uh you know i've done a lot of the work to know that like she's not gonna take me from me now you know i i I, and i've I've addressed to her like hey our relationship's got to take a backseat to a degree, right? You know, I have to do this work because if I don't do this, I don't have you, right? So, and one of the things that I think came up for us is, you know, I I spent a lot of time only focusing on me. And now that my bandwidth bandwidth has gone up a little bit, it's been five months just focusing on me. Now I have a little bit more. So that little bit more is our two nights a week and, you know, uh, one one afternoon a week that we're going to be together and do date night and learn how to date again because that's something we forgot is how to date each other. We knew how to coexist and love each other, but that the romance, the dating, it became work. When the when the trip started or the right, tour started, right?
0: That's a lot. That's an intense. It work. Also, yeah. talk about codependency when you're with yeah. each other twenty four seven.
2: And it's in seductive a very small
0: space. in a very small space.
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of the a lot of our the character defects are seductive. Like codependency isn't. I mean, it's all these glaring things in some cases, but sometimes. You know, the fact that I want her well-being, that seems healthy. But how I, how I process that is, you know, when it overtakes me, it's mm-hmm. not good. So mm-hmm. l- just learning what that looks like. Because my, my alcoholism and my drug addiction, uh, well, I don't have alcohol. Alcohol is my problem, but I use the word. The yeah. Part. yeah. Some people get it confused, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's very seductive. And it sometimes it looks so good. And, like, I have all these great ideas. This is how it's going to work. And it's just another way for me to get sidetracked. You know, to have a third party, we, we both see a, a, a couple's therapist uh, as well as our regular stuff. And to have that third party help us navigate that, it's been everything.
1: That's awesome. How often do you see a couple's therapist? We just started. Ah. So we like just started going. It was um, something we've been talking about for a while. And we just found someone recommended through his therapist. So I made her a cool. deal.
2: I said, <laughs> if you uh, if you work an Al-Anon program and work the 12 Steps of Al-Anon, I'll go to a, um, couples therapy.
1: Yeah. So we've only had one session, but it's been how so it great. It yeah. great. It was great, yeah. really. And um, we'll ha- we'll go once a week. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's going to be really good for us.
2: She she dropped like, the the most. Loved the, I love her. The, I loved the, she dropped some serious fire. You know, we were talking about some <laughs> stuff, and she goes, "You know, there's uh, there's no victims, only volunteers." She said that to me. Wow. Powerful. You choose. You choose to do things, whether you think it or not. <laughs> you know, like you choose to to process how you talk to me. I can't make you feel any certain way. You interpret how I say, and make yourself feel that way, which is crazy because puts the power back in your court. Like I do it to me.
0: Absolutely. You know,
2: and cause she, I, one of the big things for us is I always felt that she made me feel not enough because I wasn't this or I need to go there. And truth is like, that's I'm your, a, that's my shit. Can yeah. I I'm sorry. Yeah. Of that's, course. that's my shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like not, not hers.
0: Well, it's like, it's projecting, right? Yeah. We all project our own. Yeah. We see what we what we are yeah yeah we see what we think of ourselves and we use other people to to highlight that Mm. but so wow that's really awesome guys that's
1: really really awesome journey it's wild but and do you drink at all so i've been alcohol's been an interesting journey for me i was sober i've been sober for the most part for the last uh five years um with like births of like you know, a couple of months here, a couple of months there. I didn't drink for the last maybe two and a half years. And then just about maybe three months ago, I decided, I realized that I was staying sober for, uh, like I was, like I was using diets. I was taking my power of choice away by setting this rule and saying, and in, in a situation, and, and let me like preface all of this, but I don't, I don't suffer from alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So for me, alcohol, mm-hmm. I've never had an issue stopping. Mm-hmm. I've made bad choices mm-hmm. drinking and I've certainly over consumed, you know? but I, it's not an addiction for mm-hmm. me. And the reason I know that is because I know what it feels like to mm-hmm. have an addiction and I'm mm-hmm. crazy with sugar, right? I'm a whole other person, but with alcohol, it's not an addiction, but it just didn't serve me for a long time. And so I recently decided to drink again. And I have to say it has been the most beautiful experience for me because I rarely do it. But when I do it, I'm so conscious around it and I'm able to say, no, that actually sounds good or I want to drink in this situation. I don't drink in every social situation. Sometimes I do. And it's just been really cool to see my, how the tools that I've created, the foundation that I've created in my life has, can support mindfully utilizing things. Because I think for so long, it's been so black and white right. and the wellness community is so like. I was like all in it. It was like, how dare I have fun? I should be always working on myself. Like I just deprived myself of anything that was not seen as productive mm-hmm. traditionally. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of come back and find like equilibrium for me. So, well, I mean,
0: it sounds like you go to bed at 8 PM. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like you're pretty much uh, it's not a lot of
1: opportunities. They're to not get a lot wasted, opp- Exactly. <laughs> you're like, okay, let me set my timer for yeah. I'm more like if there's an event or mm-hmm. we're celebrating something or if I took like a girl's trip or something mm-hmm. or I might, but, um, it's yeah, not just like, allowing yourself yeah. th- not having yeah. those limits. At yeah. I don't love it though. Uh-huh. You know, like I really well, it, don't.
0: It, I imagine it has a similar effect as sugar. Cause doesn't it metabolize like sugar? Yeah. Dish? I
1: have to not drink drinks that are sweet. Right. So like I will have like, if I have wine, it's like super just dry wine uh-huh. or I can drink like a soda. I don't really like, I really think yeah. I drink hard liquor like, But just time.
0: allowing yourself to be not rigid in that way of like not having yeah. to have that limit because that's not your
1: issue and yeah. that's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah And that's what I always like to say because addiction is a very different thing than managing consumption of something that does, isn't like a disease in your body. You right. know what I mean? It's right. just different for me. I can right. I can consume it and I can stop whenever I feel like it. And I can, you know, so it's just, it yeah. just, it's a little different for uh,
2: me. I think a lot of people, they always ask me, well, how do you know if you're an alcoholic or things like that? I think it's, it's the, uh, it's the outcome of what, the, the result of what an action brings to your life. So mm-hmm. look at the result that sugar brings to her life. It's chaos, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's not a really bad result when she drinks once in a while. Mm-hmm. you know like right. you know so what's the result right. in your life? and so those right. things that's how you gauge if you you know if, if porn is something that's really right. stopping our relationship or maybe i spend so much money when like whatever that's that that's an addiction if right. i gamble behind her back
0: if it's taking up a lot yeah. of space yeah, yeah. If,
2: if the outcome of the byproduct of what you're doing is a negative impact on your life mm-hmm. if you're honest with yourself that's you should probably look at that yeah and it could be anything and yeah. i think it's really? also how yeah. much you
1: think about it because for True. me when i'm with show, it's you're like, an
2: addiction then
1: oh <laughs> god thing. but really it's like when with food i'll obsess about it all day if i want sugar i'll obsess about it. it's the only thing in my head it's do you like still this, think like, about that all the time way. when i stop it i don't crave it it's so just, just my life have, is it's just so much easier it, yeah I mean, it's not that do it you doesn't have pop like into fruit and like natural sugars i don't no? just i mean if it was so for example like the way i say it is like if it's if for example if there's a salad and there's like a dressing that's like a raspberry vinaigrette or something i'll have that if it's not super sweet um, but I'm not, a, I'm not, it doesn't really serve me to pick up an apple and have that as a snack. Like there's other things that are less triggering for me. Uh huh. So no. Because tasting sh- the sweetness a of sweetness. the apple. It's I mean, the sweetness.
2: That's it's so not actually the
1: sugar. It's the sweet. It's the sweetness just is the trigger it taps for me. into yeah. that. Yeah. It's psychological. Huh. Yeah. So, so it's all things sweet. So people are like, we'll have this agave or no, it's just honey. And right. It's like, no, it's, no, like, no. No, it's <laughs> like the taste,
0: is the trigger. Yeah. 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 That is yeah. so interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you, like you said, you could be addicted to anything. Oh, yeah. no, there's no rules around it. It yeah. could be, you know. Doesn't
2: discriminate, doesn't care what yeah. gender you are. Or say. Yeah, like it, it, It's,
0: it's it. whatever, it, and it's embedded from just like a psychological, often very young.
2: Well, yeah. we're, we're, we're made to survive. So we, most people pick something that they attach to survival. Whether it's eating or or emotional support and and, and it gets uh, maladapted. Mm -hmm. And so you have to undo that wiring and it takes Mm -hmm. consistency. And
1: And I think addiction has a lot to do with how you learn young how to express and experience your emotions. Like I think it has to do with learning that it's okay, that like emotions aren't going to kill you and that you're going to feel um, that you can move through them and that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. Like, I think it's also that conversation around emotions because, and, and, and also as a young child, if you don't have anywhere to go to feel nurtured, you're not mature enough to, to intellectualize that. So obviously as a child, there's a lot more to it, but I I think that's a a big part of it for the most part, because for me, when I eat and I'm not hungry, it's because I'm trying to turn off something I don't want to feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Well, you guys, thank you. I, I cannot thank you
0: enough for being here with us today and for sharing so openly. You guys are so inspiring, thank both you. personally and just as your relationship together, whatever it is and whatever it turns out to be. I think that's a, an example for everyone to follow, just to, you know, be present with the situation and follow your, follow your heart and be, you know,
2: well, thank you. Be
0: in it. <laughs> thank
1: you
2: for having. I really us. appreciate it. We hope everyone. it's
1: madly forever, but if it's not, we still love each other. Yeah,
0: and and you know what, you're 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 developing your own sense of madly forever within yeah. your within each of your own selves and for the lifelong, you know, impact for each other. Well,
2: that's the thing with her. I, I if I think of getting old with somebody and sitting on a porch and and just watching the sunset, like, I would want it to be with nobody else. Oh. That's the heart or, or like a mother of my children, like, yeah, you know, it's the other parts that we're figuring out, but, like, any end result with her, I, I feel like I'm signed up for, Aww. you know?
0: Yeah. Add that to your future, future vision for the day, yeah. right? <laughs> Can we borrow your porch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. All right. And your baby. <laughs> well, she just arrived. So on that note, Thanks, thank Sophie. you guys so much.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank
0: yeah. you guys for being here.
1: Okay. So how can they find you? How can everyone find you? Oh, um, for me, I'm just at Danica Brescia and Danica You can find my self-care checklist, all that good stuff. And then Model Meals at ModelMeals, ModelMeals.com.
2: Uh, on Instagram at Culinary Recovery. Uh, and culinaryrecoveryfoods.com. It's kind of in the process of being finished, but it's up, but uh, those are two places you can reach me. Absolutely. Awesome.
0: Thank you guys so much.
2: Thank you so much.